You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hi, gang. We've got some sort of horrible occurrence occurring in the... um, An occurrence occurring. Oh, I'm so glad that that's how I started this episode off. In the intersection outside, people yelling and shouting and beeping, and I hope you hear all of it and you get to tell your friends. Uh, Welcome to Riverdale. (laughs) (laughs) The Critical Commentary Watch Along podcast hosted by Chloe and Ryan. Yeah. Recorded here on the... I actually gesticulated at Ryan when I said (laughs) Chloe. That's how close we've become as friends. Um, Recorded here on the unceded territory of the Musqueam... Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish First Nations. This was a good episode. This was a good episode. This was a very Riverdale episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Dirty Dancing, the um, structure, plot, um, multi, sort of nice balanced ensemble structure with several several plots circling each other uh, in in pretty good balance. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, we slowly crept along the social progress of the 50s. Yeah, that's true. I One of the things I appreciated about this episode is how things were talked about euphemistically. I feel like that was really milked in this episode. I once asked my parents about that. Actually, we had a conversation about something else, and I said, how is this talked about in the 50s? Like, And they were like, mm-hmm. well, in mm-hmm. euphemisms. Right. Um, and that feels like, it just feels very true to the era. Yes, yes. Um and it hammered home to me that no one knows anything <laughs> in this time. Like, the lack of information covered with euphemisms mm-hmm. across the board is, um, what a horrible, fragile social structure Yeah, that requires that. Also, I will say that my only complaint about this episode was I didn't really like the representation of sex workers in this episode. Yeah, Twyla um, was not great. Yeah, Twyla was not great. She was very, um, uh, I, I don't think it was fair for like one of the few sex workers in this show to be so predatory mm, of mm-hmm. minors specifically. Yeah. Um, I, th- I thought that was unfair. Maybe it's true to the era. I don't know. I don't know that much about the history of sex work but mm-hmm. um, or attitudes that sex workers had in the 50s. But um, yeah, I, I was 100% expecting this show to uh, show us Twyla Twist and Twyla was going to be like, mm, so you're gay. I know that you need to lie to your friends. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Here's the story you're going to tell them. That, yeah. That's truly what I expected from this episode, and I was dis- I was really disappointed that's not what I got. It's what we could have got, but they chose to re- recycle a villain. Um, yeah. Twilight Twist, our ghoulies gang, gang oh, lieutenant. Oh, was. Yes. Is that what you were Googling? No, you was just were Googling. Remembered. No, I was Googling to see if this Brad Rayberry novel, is if I could figure out a specific reference to this yeah. Jupiter... I was thinking Jupiter Ascending, but no, that was an original Wachowskis movie. That wasn't based oh, on books. Yeah. <laughs> like a, Maybe. Hmm. But uh, no, that's what I was searching for this episode. More on the Brad Rayberry. But I guess that doesn't matter so much anymore, does it? Yeah. Well, he might survive. <laughs> We've had fakeouts like that with Jughead. True. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. They just hammered home how valuable and supportive he is to these kids. Yeah. Did we recognize the milkman? 
Not at a glance. Okay. Yeah. We'll I, have to see when we go back. Because if it was chick and we didn't notice or something like that. Oh, yes. I, we should notice that. I'm going to break the fourth wall for a second here, Riverdale gang. Um, because our mic looks like it might be shoved under... What did I say? The fourth curtain? I said the fourth wall. Okay. I was concerned <laughs> that our mic was not picking up our voices, but I think I'm wrong. No, no. That was a good <laughs> catch, Chloe. Um, which would really defeat the point of you listening and of us recording. <laughs> Very tragic. Um, yeah, so that's something we should note. Uh, I, some interesting stuff for Archie's character, I think. You were remarking mm-hmm. on having him be kind of the focal point, figuring out that everything is terrible worked for this episode. Yes, um, not unlike, um, Betty discovers, uh, lynching, uh, in our early episode. Um, I oh, think yes. I think the strategy of the privileged person recognizes discrimination without understanding it. Um, sure, wor- worked for me as I a think... way of introducing these things w- without making them too like visceral or oh, sitting with the bad thing from Kevin's perspective. I think could be a lot more unpleasant an experience. That's true. I think the different. I think there's some different intersections. Uh, and different orders of magnitude, maybe, mm-hmm. um, between Betty, Betty discovering how horrific lynching is and um, Archie discovering that Kevin's father is a homophobe slash mm-hmm. everyone else is a homophobe. Just I feel like there is a little less of a threat of violence in this episode. Mm. Does that... Would you agree? Mm, not no. necessarily. Not necessarily. Um, okay, why? Well, sending your... Your kid to a sex worker is really violent. That's true. It is very um, violent. <laughs> yeah. It's a different violence and a different dynamic. That's true. Yeah. But um, we lived in... There's um, visible yeah. v- visible and invis- invisible minorities. Yeah. Is perhaps something about how this is, how this is expressed on Riverdale. Yeah. Um, the invisibility yeah. of the queers is... Um, relevant to how they played here um but also is is their protective factor yeah that's interesting Mm -hmm. um yeah i i didn't mean to invalidate that for Mm -hmm. sure like it is extraordinarily violent what um Mm -hmm. what uh sheriff keller does to kevin um really really inappropriate behavior and really i think to our modern sensibilities in particular is like pretty pretty offensive also that like Dude's the sheriff. He absolutely went and shook down Twyla to, like, check on his son's sex oh, life. yeah. I didn't even, She's like... She's not going to talk to the sheriff intentionally. Yeah, that's an interesting intersection that I didn't think of. Like, the, the mm-hmm. head of the police department shows up and is like, I need you to have sex with my son. Like, of course you're not going <laughs> to say no. That's yeah. a scary situation for her. That actually adds an extra dimension that I hadn't considered. Yeah, the weight of Sheriff yeah. Keller, his actions and choices, oh. just because of who he is and how he's situated. Oh, his choices like become all the more dangerous. At least 100 times more gross. Yeah. <sighs> layers and layers and layers of societal violence underpinning all of the stuff that our Riverdale kids push against. That's one of the things I have liked about this show from the beginning is that mm. it gives this bubblegum quality to stuff that's, like, quite terrible. Yeah. And I find that that... It's not always bubblegum. Sometimes it's very it's very direct. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but there's this sort of, like, a bubblegum invitation. Yes. And then suddenly it's like, oh, no, things are really terrible. 
Yeah, well, that I, I think the the pulling the rug out after yeah. setting you up to, for for something cheery and pastel and bubblegum is is much of the shtick of, yeah. of the first season in particular. Um, and I, yeah, they polished that technique quite nicely, I think. And we're really aided here by the the the, the rose colored glasses of the past mm-hmm. that are media norm, media standards that exist in all of our, you know, our cultural reference material for the 50s. Yeah. Um, there is a majority take on the 50s as a, a charming, wholesome time. Yeah. Um, and we're sitting with the people who suffered for that charming wholesomeness. Yeah. I, I also just found myself thinking about the age of the parents for a mm. sec. Mm-hmm. Let's say these parents are supposed to be in their 30s or 40s oh gee that's a good point these are old parents for the 50s actually just by the state of our actors yeah um but following that back if they're when were they teens Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is the question i am thinking about okay so archie is 16 Mm -hmm. which is was his birthday at 1949 yeah and yeah I, I doubt anyone of any one of these parents had a baby after the the age of twenty five. Sure. Ba- so like for the time that puts them in their teens in the kind of around the time of the depression. Yes, but it also puts them in their late thirties, which they're right. super not. We're yeah. our late thirties. <laughs> No, um, we are not in our late 30s. We're creeping towards it, Chloe. I am 34. <laughs> I have six more years before Six I'm more 40. months before. Oh my God, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Um, anyway, all this to say is that I, I am curious about their sensibilities and like yes. the trauma of their... Oh my God, are we going to get a parents episode where we see that they're teens and like the... Oh, Even further back? Oh, please. Teens during the war? Please, please, I'll, please do this for me. This please. is a good vision, Chloe. I hope you manifest it. <laughs> <laughs> I could go back even further to 1935. This is fine. Well, the first Archie comics are when? The 30s, right? Yeah, I suppose. I'm not I'm not actually sure when they started, but I, I, I think kind of the, the interim between war era, perhaps. Hmm. Anyway. Things um, will later. So I'm thinking about like what their conservatism mm. uh, is like and like what their yeah just basically what their experiences have been um, mm-hmm. as as people up to now that's what I'm curious about right um, and then I think the other thing that I love about any movie set in the 50s and you really feel it in, or any media set in the 50s and you really feel it in a movie like Rebel Without a Cause mm-hmm. is you feel the 60s kind of just around the corner. Mm. You feel that like it's going to pop yeah. feeling. Yeah, these characters are percolating. Yeah. Uh, in, in big, big ways and finding ways to exist in the moment but the knowledge that they're going to go off and change it all. Yeah, so if they're these kids are are what are they juniors? 16. Um in 1955, mm-hmm. they're finishing uh, 1957 plus 4 is 1961. Yeah, those of them who go to undergrad, go to co- go to college, yeah. will be in the the early 60s college. 
Yeah. Around the launch of the Vietnam War, possibly grad school if someone goes super hard. Yeah, so they're going to be, like, these are the sort of millennials of the 60s. Like, if the 60s are Gen Z... These mm-hmm. are the millennials. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, these are the young adults yeah. who will who will be finding their, themselves in, in the 60s, who will be finding them, their adult yeah. lives. They won't be teens, but yeah, anyway, it's just like, and mm. you can feel, especially between that moment between Betty and Archie, Yeah, everything is so messed up. Yeah. You can feel it. You can feel the, you can feel the, the tension. I think it's interesting. It is. It is. The captured generational tension. That is just oppressing these kids. Yeah, our horn, Riverdale gang, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, those are sort of the things I wanted to touch on. Yeah, I think sort the rest will things. flow. I'm, you know, the the concept of the after school dance show is oh, wild yeah. and hilarious, and it's just occurred to me that that's low key video babysitting for the fifties. I guess so. Yeah, three thirty to six. The after-school block, um, you send your teenagers somewhere you can turn a television on and see them. Yeah, that's true. Because um, it's local I, TV. Yeah, and I wonder about I wonder about how many televisions are in homes at this point. But I get the sense mm. that in Riverdale, these te- these homes have televisions. Yeah, it seems to be it seems to be like the rollout. Yeah. When, when was Queen Elizabeth's coronation? 1953, she ascended the throne in 52. I only know that because my grandmother watched it with my father lying on her chest. Yes. Um, uh, And my father was born in 52. (laughs) So she remembers being pregnant. And then, yes. So as as I'm sure you've picked up in this season so far, Riverdale, a lot of my references for the 50s are built around when my parents were doing things (laughs) or my grandparents were doing things. So anyway, that's how I know that fact. I'm just thinking because the court, uh, the Queen speaking was, I know, a major turning point in in the English world for uh, in the Commonwealth at least for purchase of televisions. There was a big surge in, of purchases. Oh, her coronation, you mean in '52? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. I think that was that was it one was, of the one yeah. of the early driving events of oh, that's interesting of uh, home televisions in in the Commonwealth. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think America. my guess is that in the English-speaking world, with our sort of propensity for a celebrity fascination, that would have had a a, a, a ripple effect in the United States. Yeah. That would be my guess. The I U- really don't know. The U.S. has never not cared about the monarchy. Yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> I, was in, I was in the States. This is a real diversion, but I was in the States when the Queen died, and it was mm. interesting to me to hear my American relatives say, like, you know, something feels different. Mm. something feels really different and and uh, there was a lot of like mm. i don't particularly care but i feel different yeah <laughs> you know yep it, it's still a, a big cultural touchstone bedrock yeah and this is where i say english language because yeah, we, we i think that matters i think you're yeah right. it's easy to flow over and notice what's happening in other same language nations totally compared yeah. to What's what's Spanish Parliament doing these days? I struggle to follow, for example. Yeah, it, it's an interesting question about what are like celebrity spheres of influence, mm-hmm. because in the English speaking world, tends to be it tends to be movie stars and the English aristocracy. That tends to be mm-hmm. what it is. And mm-hmm. then I feel like in South Asia and lots of different parts of the Middle East, mm-hmm. um, you get a, like the Bollywood stars. Yep, a are, lot of musicians, really a lot of a lot of and singers musicians. and musicians. Yeah, 
And then in at least um, that have reached us. Yeah. That have gotten famous enough that they've their fame has bled over. For I guess us that's to know, true. Hey, I'm, that's the Pakistani famous person. Right. I I feel like um, well, uh, I don't know a ton about uh, Hindi language cinema, but mm-hmm. um, I have seen a few films and um have a little have a basic vocabulary about who's a big deal <laughs> and um uh i feel like th- uh, a lot of like Shah Rukh Khan for example is uh, it, it, like mega famous in in mm-hmm. parts of the world mm-hmm. that um have little meaning in north america not not that these places mm-hmm. have little meaning but he's less rec- recognizable in north america yeah for yeah. example but that might be that might not be true anymore all this to say is that i think that you're right it's mm-hmm. an interesting thing about celebrity fears of influence where we're mm-hmm. we're still like even in the united states no monarchy still very curious about you know this whole aristocratic drama that we've seen played out over the last five years. Yes, yes. Anyway, it, back to Riverdale. It's been a good show for a whole lifespan, so yeah. why would anyone tune off Yeah. From that? Also, P.S., I'm a huge Shah Rukh Khan fan, but we're going to, like, who isn't? <laughs> That's like saying I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. It's, you know, like everyone Tom is. Cruise? I mean, I'm not. I have strong opinions on Tom Cruise. I mean, I'm not a Tom Cruise fan. It's mostly Scientology related, but That's also fair. his acting. But the reason I, the reason I pulled out that comparison yeah, is because yeah. when um, Shah Rukh Khan was interviewed in the West by David Letterman, yeah. um, somebody he made a joke about Tom Cruise and Shah Rukh Khan went, "Ah, yes, I have some competition," <laughs> and I <laughs> right. I love the magnitude of that. You know, Tom Cruise is your competition. That's yes, it's a cool. It gives us a good scale. Yeah. of how his how his fame is perceived. Yeah. In in where he's famous. Yes. Also, the Tom Cruise movie, Edge of Tomorrow. Amazing. Back to Riverdale. <laughs> um, Netflix, I do what think, has Netflix? had a, a significant role, at least in the last few years, in the wider expansion of non-English language television. Mm-hmm. Um, That's interesting. I, you know, there's... Um, the flow of how TV was licensed internationally um, is something that I feel like has just become sort of trickled out as public knowledge over the last 20 years of like people scavenging for media to watch on TV mm-hmm. as we've as we've changed from a um, deliver what you get model to a look for what you want model of TV and media um, I feel like a lot of folks have turned into into the international market more um, and the fact that Netflix now shows me um, Korean shows uh, yeah. Danish shows Swedish um, and promotes them to me the same the same way it does its original English language content. That's an interesting change to me. Um, yeah, there's an acknowledgement that English, despite being the lingua franca in most in much of the world, is not mm-hmm. is not special outside of that fact. I think in a practical term, it's also the fact that they're desperate for content. Oh, and maybe. it's cheaper to buy a film internationally. Oh that's depressing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but practical or not, I think it's it's created a very interesting age of, of exposure, international media exposure. Yeah, and, totally. And cross-language media exposure. Yeah, a great example of that, actually, is the show Criminal. I don't know if you know it, mm. but there's... Um, they're not long seasons. It might even be six. It might even only be three episodes. Mm-hmm. But it's a series of interviews in the in a police station, and this police station is always the same, but one's mm. in Germany, one's in Italy... And one's in France, and they just recently did an English one, but it's the same set. And the, the stories are not the different 
countries do not have related stories. Right. But there, there's through lines in the show. But right. it's basically um, a series of interrogations. There's two seasons that are English, and then the other languages have hmm. um, uh, one season each. But uh, the English show came later. Right. And by English, I mean England. It's not American or yeah. Canadian or whatever. Cool. Yeah. It's just, anyway, an interesting example. Of changing media norms. Yes. Um, speaking of media and current events, I um, uh, just want to acknowledge that the writer's strike is still going on. Oh, yeah. We don't we don't write our episodes, so... Yeah. Um, but if we did, we wouldn't cross the picket line, even for a podcast. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, we do not write our episodes. And, uh, yeah, I just want to express solidarity with the writers who are picketing right now, and mm-hmm. I'm hoping that they get a good deal soon, because... I don't know about you, but I don't want to watch AI written sequels forever. <laughs> I just don't. It's not a good future, gang. It's not a, yeah, not a great and, outcome. I mean, people feel differently about AI technology. I personally I don't care about it. I just don't think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest about that. I don't think it's an interesting... I don't think it's interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm not curious about a future, an AI future. But uh, I... Um, yeah, I I just, I don't know. I'm interested in humans. I want to see shows written by humans. That's that's for me. Yeah, humans who will take the breath and body of, of, of humans' knowledge and then do something slightly different instead of averaged. Yeah. <laughs> Literally averaging all of it and finding the common denominator answer. Yeah. As the AI strategy. But that's not necessarily the official position of the Thundercrack Podcast Network and the official position of the Riverdale Gang show. It's just mine. <laughs> Should we jump into Riverdale? Let's jump into Riverdale. Okay, gang. Summon up your recordings in whatever form you keep them. Did, we, did we Did we mute? Uh, yeah, I think we did. Oh, good. Yeah, mute. You're so prepared, Chloe. Am I? Better than me. I don't know about that. You made breakfast today. I ordered in so. breakfast, and I made eggs. <laughs> all right, ready, Riverdale gang? You all set to go in three, two, one. Adum. And we're back. They listen to us. The bad sound's gone. I love that her father makes her this cup of tea, and she's in this, like, very frilly, very conservative, but their windows are still open. You'd think the first thing they would do is, like, board up the window. Nope, we're just going to focus on behavior and expressing it loudly in gossiping. Yeah. I, I was so, I mean, we expect nothing but the worst from Penelope Blossom at this point. (laughs) But I was still disappointed that she gossiped about poor Betty. So badly. I mean, bad judge of character, Alice. But Alice is not... I also found it strange that, um... Oh my god, Cheryl. Uh, wasn't a little more on Betty's side here. Mm-hmm. That that seemed like a Cheryl of a few episodes ago. This, this episode did. Hmm. Um, Uncle Frank 
I loved, okay, so something I really appreciated about this mm-hmm. um, episode was the difference of reactions to Betty versus Archie in this yes. situation. That felt very true to life to me, and I think that's probably still the reaction most people would have in 2023, if I'm being, if I'm being perfectly frank. Yes, they really, really, really um, demonstrated and showed the gender biases around sexuality, punishments, and uh, go get at a, at a boy... Even though we're stopping you, that a boy. Clothes still great. Love every single outfit on everyone I've seen so far. <laughs> Archie's building anxiety as just like something is not right in the world around him. And he tries to figure out what yeah. is. I appreciated this uh, this episode. Yeah, um, I did too. I love this little detail of them polishing the silver together. Oh, yes. Something you just practically had to do. Yeah. I don't know why Betty isn't also wearing gloves. Silver polish can be a little gnarly, but we're here. (laughs) Enough of your sass, young lady. This is an intense Alice. This Alice is also a little bit out of control. But maybe that's that's the state of Alice? Yeah, it could be. I'm not sure. I'm... I'm not, um, as her relationship with Hal here, we didn't really see an Alice and Hal, or, like, we did, but it was all around, like, uh, he's been a serial killer for so long that I kind of forget what they were like as a married couple, maybe? That's true, yeah. I mean, they're certainly still very creepy, mm-hmm. but, um, they're not, like, <laughs> this is hysterical, by the way, this tanning salon in her <laughs> living room, um... What a way to spend oh. your time, Veronica. Are these real paintings that they've got? In the one behind her looked familiar, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, love mm-hmm. this. This no more allowance. Yep. Go to work by telegram. Yeah. Stop. So we have a resurgence of the word the Babylonium. It's yes. just... Um, and Veronica taking it over again. Yeah. So this is... This is child abuse. Smithers is like, <laughs> and Veronica's like, I know that was dumb. <laughs> yeah, you pushed it. You pushed it a little. I was pleased to see this resurgence of Veronica, um, who, oh, like her character doing making big bold moves. Yeah. Um. It it remind it it, it rooted back to the Veronica we met. Um and. Yeah, Veronica selling a painting to buy a, a theater. That's yeah, that's on point. Hmm. Uh, this uh, yeah, I felt so sad for um, obviously Clay, Kevin in this episode. I feel great for Clay. Clay seems to be living his best life, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, making commercials and buddying up with Veronica. Yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a good choice. There's so much plaid in this room. Sorry. Hmm. Wallpaper, curtains, checkered shirt on dad. I will I will give the show kudos. Um sure. and the the actor playing Sheriff Keller. Mm-hmm. Um and Uncle Frank for their representations of repressed and repressive masculinity. Um yeah. they 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 did capture both the you know the frustration and out of depthedness of straight parents finds things. Um, but, and they, they also left him clearly not knowing what to do. Like, yeah. not just flailing, just failing steadily. 
Him being dad. Him being dad. Yeah. Keller Sr. Frank as well. Yeah. Frank seems to think that he knows what he's doing, though. Yeah. Whereas Sheriff Keller clearly is just, as you say, struggling. struggling completely struggling. floundering. Yes. I, I, in that, um, I'm interested to see the arc they're setting Sheriff Keller on. Because I I do appreciate the weight of a story of someone, how how big of a of an overcoming this is for a fifties dad, yeah, and veteran presumably and yeah. sheriff. Um, We're talking through this ridiculous scene. It by is the way. yes yes the the actual like author mentor Poor was kind of right about the freedom of speech. It wouldn't have gone to the Supreme Court, but he wasn't wrong about just arbitrary censorship. Yeah, it's true. Comic books, I think even in that era of suspicion, were not mm-hmm. classified like pornography. <laughs> so this, very... Very gendered. Very gendered, but very, like... Awful for both of them. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, Archie looks very uncomfortable, but his reputation has not been tarnished. Yes, Rather, his reputation has been pumped up. Yes. Um, he is now standing on an inflated yes. reality and having to balance. It's not the same, but it is It is a system hurting them both. Yeah. I love this consistent sort of performative femininity we get from Veronica. You can look, but you can't touch. Like, she's mm. very... Like, it, it does sort of show these subtleties in, fem, in the performance of femininity where... Mm-hmm. Often when you're a woman, you're never not performing. Yes. Um, and so I feel like Veronica really takes ownership of that. You can look, but you can't touch. It's like a very, I don't know. It's kind of a classic, classic um, femme fatale sort yeah. of power approach. The yeah. seduction control. Yeah. So I'm thinking of like stereotypes of femininity at the era of the era. And, and Veronica coming out of Hollywood. Yeah. Coming out of Hollywood, presumably... Out of the early talkies era, in, out of the early TV era, um, versus the force femininity that Cheryl and Betty struggle against. Yeah. Um, I, again, the same dichotomy they gave us in season one, really. Um, but it's it's much more much more it's much cleaner, thrown fifty years in the past with clear classic stereotyping, in a lot of ways. Yeah. We sort of know this story. Not just because we watched season one. Yeah. When is... When are we going to get more fangs and Midge? Because Midge is, like, growing a baby over there. Yeah. When's that when... Oh, this jacket on Kevin. <laughs> this was a great era for fashion. <laughs> it's too bad about all the repression. <laughs> Even the basketball uniforms are better. Even the gym clothes. Oh, they've got... <laughs> They've got a, a t-shirt on KJ Abba, I assume, because of his um, tattoos. Oh. I, I could be wrong. Buffness? Over over excessive buffness? No, I would assume it's the tattoos, but I could be wrong. What do I know? Maybe it's a shirts and skins kind of approach, but with, with the tank top things. Ronka at her first day of work. Bows on the back of the shoes. I have a pair of shoes like that. She is. Hard, they're hard to wear. <laughs> um, She is. She is so dressed for work. She's dressed for work. It's true. <laughs> this 
this actor is, but he's got that sweet, very Jimmy Stewart, Frank Capra mm. benevolence. Yes. Yes. But I don't think we've seen him before. Yeah. And a, a nice non-threatening adult for Veronica to practice business with. Yeah. He seems safe. I hope he stays that way. Yeah. Well, presumably he's going to go away and having sold the place now, right? His job is done. He doesn't look retirement age, though. I don't know where he's going. I thought she'd, like, give, like, sell the painting and give him the money so that he didn't have to shut the place down. I was surprised by... Much more logical for her to buy it herself. Yes, as a 16-year-old. Yes. Makes perfect sense. Absolutely. They weren't in escrow or anything. That didn't exist, right? <laughs> um, I was, uh... Riverdale Grandstand. This must have been a fun shooting day. Yes. Look at how much fun all these people are having. I think I keep circling back to the musical Hairspray because that's my my personal main frame of reference for this this era of pop music. Yeah. Uh, the, the dance shows. Um, but we also dabbled in it last week with our, our horror horror time. Mm. Um, we're circling around it. But perhaps I am when I am. Look at the cancelled stamp. I didn't catch that line the first time. Oh my god, that's funny. Poor also, Dilton. Poor Dilton. Just dance with Dilton. Dilton gets two Crikey. shots of being unappealing. That's Dilton's role. I didn't uh, recognize any of those extras. I was like looking. Yeah. I was looking for our friends. <laughs> Background. Don't stay up too late now. Um. Ugh. This, this is it. yeah. You're right. It's interesting. Archie is like trying to suss out. There's something that we're not saying directly. Yes. You know. And it's like, I, oh, I know you're not. I know you're saying something. I don't actually know what you're saying. Yeah. And Archie only ever repeats the vaguest of euphemisms. Like I don't think he really gets. Yeah. What it is they're saying. The fact that his his you know, his circling around at the end, whatever understanding he develops, Betty through Kevin through yeah. the the incidents that he saves Kevin from, um, I feel like at, at his his last beat there of saying I'm going to talk about the gay stuff with y'all is sort of him saying I don't understand why this is bad, but I'll stand with y'all. Yeah. <laughs> In just this nice little <laughs> puppy dog way. The peck taps between men of this generation are a mystery <laughs> to me. Periodically, I see them still. A little this little test like, trap. Yeah, this little like, good man. Test tap. Smack your pectoral muscle. I don't know. You want to touch it. That's what it is. <laughs> I just want to touch it. I just want to touch it. <sighs> I don't trust banks. Um, I don't know why everyone has a southern accent for me. This particular episode. Old. What does the old. S stand for again? Nothing. It's just it's just a shirt. It's just it's a just shirt. what he's always had on his shirt. The R on Archie's clearly Riverdale. Presumably. S. I yeah I think every time I see it I think Slytherin. <laughs> I seem to remember an old um like probably an eighties period comic where the whole plot is what's the S about. And the end beat was it's it's nothing. It's just what he wears. You know what I noticed? Change on Mr. Rayberry. He was in like 
business or schlub before. Mm-hmm. Now he's in this like Mr. Rogers look. Like he's suddenly become very benevolent. Right. Got, like I feel he like put himself together. We're hardwired for like collared shirt, tie, cardigan to mean a safe, nice man. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let's see what Featherhead's wearing. Oh yeah. No oh, dressing yeah. that man, man up Never to be mind. safe or nice. Mr. Werther's was in fact in a card. Maybe it was just the cardigan episode. It's fine. <laughs> I don't mind. He dressed non-threatening to come back to work and cash his check and adopt a child. Yeah. Adopt a small homeless writing child. I like all those things. Their complete inability to talk to each other because they just don't have language. Yeah, and I suppose anything explicit would have been considered a dirty word in those days. Yeah, and possibly would not have been something they ever heard in a, you know, it's it's a slur for gays. It's oh, that, just a, yeah. it's a bad word. You don't, someone called it that, called someone that. You may not even connect that it's what it means. Yeah, and I noticed that we're we're getting we're getting a very particular type of euphemism. Like we're not getting light in his loafers or yeah, well, cream puff. We got cream puff. Oh, we did get cream puff. Yeah. That's true. The faintest. We're not. Yeah. Yeah. We're not leaning into homophobic language. I mean, we we mm-hmm. are. It's just they're not ones that I've heard before, other than cream puff, and yeah. I didn't know the vocabulary was so varied. <laughs> <laughs> the subtle, the subtlety, and also the layers of like, yeah, this is just how masculinity critiques everything. He's, Where's his wife? What's going on? Must be dead. She must be dead. But good I want catch. Information. Good catch. Ra- Raybury. Is she going to show up after he's? Is are we going to get a wil- a widow? I'm interested. I didn't notice that before. I'm interested if continuity decided that intentionally. Or well, he's got his hand up, like, in front of the camera a whole bunch. It seems pretty explicit. Yeah. Now that you point it out. And yeah. he's gonna die. Ugh. I assume. Pretty when are we gonna firmly. get the episode where we find out how, how Julian got so messed up? <laughs> do, do we need any explanation? We know his parents. Yeah, that's true. I feel like he doesn't need backstory. <laughs> the horn dogs, yikes. Mm-hmm. Project hard, Julian. And then be Oh, there's fruitcake. Never mind, I'm wrong. Little bitty bits. It's from Julian more than from the, the old dudes. Uh, oh, someone also who wears tattoos. <laughs> or who wears tattoos. Who I think has <laughs> tattoos. I could be wrong about that. I don't actually know that much about um the actor who plays Fangs. Fangs definitely has tattoos, regardless of his actor. Um keep dreaming. Does Jason not clock that this is a little bit, like, not cool? Like. Also, we (laughs) just heard the Cozy Time Motel behind the school. I just want to note. (laughs) So they all know where it is. Oh, God. The Red Light Hotel is next door. That's weird. Hello, Riverdale. It's like. Even in the waving of the masculinity tropes, my dad paid for someone to sleep with me isn't the flex that he's acting like it is. Yeah. (sighs) This was a great scene. Um, Clay and Veronica. I'm really enjoying these two. 
Um, and gentlemen, please remove your hats. Mm. Got it. I'm yes. reading the sign. Very polite. My grandfather would concur. <laughs> one of the very few etiquette things that survived generationally down to me is take your hat off at the dinner table. One of the very few things he would just like take your hat off for you. Yeah, that's nice. But he wasn't terribly rude about other etiquette stuff. I love these uniforms that they're in. They're very formal. Veronica's got a slightly different tie. Yep, different collar. Um, I think she's in a skirt, too. I just think, yeah, she is. They match so well without being the same. Yeah, that and also it's it's just a, like a, a type of formality where cinema was still a little bit like the theater. Yes. Which doesn't really exist anymore, as far as I know. I mean, like, people mm-hmm. in cinemas are, like, bigger cinemas are in uniforms. Mm-hmm. And I had to wear something nice when I... I had to wear, like, a a, a uniform, which is a white shirt and black pants, mm-hmm. at the one theater I worked at, but nothing like this. And I just think mm-hmm. it's a nice detail. The the conversation of um, the, the, the palatial film experience um there's a really contemporary conversation we're kind of not having right now which is um the continued purpose of cinemas and the continued oh, role yeah. and capacity of cinemas um, especially during the, the lockdown eras i think there was um a lot of discussion of cinemas very much as a like essential service but culturally i don't I don't know how they sit anymore in the streaming era. Like I, I, I think people really like the experience. I love going to the movies. I really do. Yeah. Um, Maybe I just haven't been in a while. I'm, like I go to art house films sometimes more than, uh, more than new stuff. Sure. I mean, I mean, it's still got that. I don't know. There's something about it. 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 Yeah. Well, I, I it, it makes the 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 art the, the rare film I choose much better experientially. Yeah. See it in a in a big th- like everything Veronica says in a do it together. Be in a room with people. Um, the giant screen screen. It's absolutely an experience. I'm not sure what's happening with that experience because I feel like it's um, as an industry really stagnated and sort of trailed along following in the dust of media market trends for decades now. I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know really that much about it. I think there's mm-hmm. still... I mean, we all thought the theater was going to die, and it's still around. Yes, but the Playhouse company went went out of business. Yeah, the Vancouver kidding. Playhouse. Actually, right around the time we were an undergrad. Um, the oh, biggest, yeah, The biggest right. regional theater in Vancouver went belly up. And I, I wonder how much... We might have a yeah have a need a reboot around cinemas because um, fairly recently I know distribution of major films has been more and more centralized as we go. Um, there's a, a general like monopolizing as major yeah, theaters come together and and studio distribution models change that I know has made it harder and harder for an independent theater to exist. Yeah, there. I think there's two in the city of Vancouver now, maybe mm-hmm. three. Yeah, and, um, and it's a struggle. It is a struggle. It is a struggle. Um, I just, I, I think it's like books. Everyone said, you know, Kindles, no more books. It mm. didn't happen. Mm. People like certain types of experiences. They like certain types of products. Yes. They like the popcorn. They like the soda. Like they like the soda machine. They like the smell of the theater. 
They like the weight of a book. They like the way it feels. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't buy that things like that that are that fun will die completely. Mm. But I could be wrong. I don't know. I guess I, I feel like it's culturally stagnated, our it's, cinema experience. It's possible. I also haven't been in a while, and mostly when I go, I go to the Rio, so. Yeah. Or the Scotiabank, those are sort of the two. Yeah. Ringing. Convenient indie things. This dude is very forgiving for the thief boy. But I think he also, <laughs> I, I think he's also, I think he recognizes that Jughead really cares about writing. And yes. I think that's what he's trying to forgive. That, yes. I think that's the basis of his forgiveness is like, this kid needs an adult. Yes. To tell him not to steal, to make him a better writer. He lives in a train car. It's very sweet. <laughs> I think sweet. he needs some help. He's <laughs> a lovely character for Jughead to briefly have in his life. Yeah. And I guess this is... This is... Um, Jughead's pulled into the sleuthing now. Because his sleuthing. mentor oh, yeah. is about to be... Oh, yeah. A mur- murdered. Back to sleuth. Back to sleuth. Back to sleuth. Um... Slowly tying, slowly, slowly, slowly tying our main cast in. Because Ethel has been... You know, yeah. There's there's something proximal about, okay, this happens in the ensemble. Okay, this happens to a main character's supporting character. Okay, does this happen to a main character now? Yeah. Do we murder Hal? Do we murder Hal? Let us yeah. murder Hal. Yeah. Oh, Archie, you don't even know how to ask what you're asking, but you're trying. You puppy dog. Why do I have to go to Twilight? Yeah, well, mm-hmm. it's funny how the world works, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yes, I'm confused. <laughs> and also that all of this exists in the exact same frame and paradigm where, you know, Archie and Cheryl sleeping together once means they need to be married. Yeah. These two things coexist as um, conflicting truths of this so of this era and culture. Yeah. Which, bleh, so many ways to be done wrong by your societal expectations. Yeah. Also makes me feel like things haven't changed that much. (laughs) I just, I really, one of the most frustrating things about this show for me, this watch of this show, is not with the show, it's the fact that we're still, we talked about this, I think, Mm -hmm. in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the attitudes of this town haven't changed. They're just placed yep. somewhere different on the political spectrum, but they still exist. Yep. Yep. You know? Yep. Yep. Cut the bulldog, okay? The the strong the strong statement of Return to the 50s, surprise, it's the same. I love this Jughead, like, little popcorn moment, like, this is great. <laughs> Someone's yelling PTA, at my principal. PTA, Mr. Rayberry. No, <laughs> I'm not talking about the PTA. I'm talking about legal action. Oh, you petty little fi- little man with your fiefdom. Yes, that is, that's an interesting observation, actually. The, um, hmm. the quality of... Uh, someone who is suddenly has control over this one particular little institution. Yes. But they keep with it because they have that control. Absolute and obnoxious control. Yeah. Um, for some malicious cause. Mm-hmm. Like, that man's sketchy. That man's sketchy and he's taken over this school in order to villainize comic books and oppress children. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. Like, 
that's a that's a strategy to make a job, I guess. Be awful about something. Yeah, let's make it good. And then this Twilight Twist. Is this is a real bummer of a scene. Y'all could have done better, Riverdale. Yeah. So much better. So much better. I just, I really, I, I don't think it's my quote-unquote politics talking when I say that this, this sex worker is completely unbelievable to me. And maybe not unbelievable. I mean, everyone's different. There are people of every type in every profession. That's not mm-hmm. my point. My <coughs> point is that in this show, in this context, it sort of surprises me that she, she wouldn't have... I, I already said everything I wanted to say at the beginning of the show. Ugh. Yep. The fact that she... I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed, Riverdale. She ties along to the patriarchal image and stereotyping that is... Yeah, like if you've the seen, world it, seen it all, like then actually see it all and respond according. I don't know. Yeah. It seemed unnecessarily villainous. I think the decision to use Twilight Twists is, um, is the first mistake, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Because she's always been a villain and she's villain coded. Yeah. Um, and they've not Maybe that's attempted why they thought to redeem they could get her. away with it. Yeah. I think they Like they still mm. could have had this business between Archie and Betty where Archie's trying to like figure something out. Yeah. And it's... Archie could have run in there and Twyla and Kevin could have just been having a nice talk or something. She didn't need to be a jerk about yeah. him crying. I just think I just really think when there are so few representations of a marginalized group um, or a group that we've pushed to the margins Mm -hmm. um, and that we carry so much stigma around there is a little bit of responsibility especially in a show that's like managed social issues better and better as time has gone on Mm -hmm. to do something like that I I don't know it's just anyway I can stop talking about it now I'm annoyed (laughs) no I I agree with you it's an ongoing blind spot of the show I think um, in Polly's plot a few seasons ago, when she oh, yeah. was uh, a sex worker along uh, a, a truck stop survival sex worker, um, I think this show has been clumsy, and is perhaps rather blind to its biases when it comes to the the heavy gendered stereotyping around sex work and yeah. and sex work as like the bad ending. Yeah. For anyone attached to it. Yeah. Which is. It's really interesting. There's an interesting detail. She has a bottle of wine over here, and she's opened a couple of... Are those beers or are those Cokes? Mm-hmm. Look like sodas to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then she just... See... She makes a move on a 16-year-old child. It's not appropriate. It's not like he... Ugh. He's not, off, he's not offering... Like... Her motivation here seems to be sex with a hot man... Not her business. Yeah, I think that's what's I think that's what's kind of off about this scene to me is that she she's at work. She's been paid. Yeah. At this she's, point, she's you know I I mean if, if she I, doesn't I have to I, have sex with a kid, then presumably that would be a less stressful. Work yeah, day. I don't know. I don't want to say anything more because I haven't experienced sex work, and mm-hmm. you know, like there are maybe nuances here that Ryan and I are missing. But I, yeah. We've yeah. made the point. We're disappointed in the show. <laughs> Y'all can do better. You're doing better about so much stuff. Y'all can do better. Um. <sighs> yeah, I'll give you some things to say. Things that I've heard. Yeah. Blind leading the blind. 
Yeah. And there's also like this the sweetness of stupid kids helping other stupid kids. And we all don't know anything, but yeah. we're going to try. I... Also, yeah, they're in Blackboard Jungle. They're That's sitting crazy. on the the school steps as well when they have that conversation. Yeah, which is an interesting choice. Oh, these vintage commercial moments are so fun. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, 49 cents. I love the just like the blunt statements of old commercials. I'm going to say a thing and it's true. Yeah. Uh, there's there's no... We've not gone through advertising lawsuits yet. <laughs> We've yeah. not codified advertising or pushed it out, you know, pushed it into this weird science space of the Mad Men world. Yeah. It's, um, it's a neat era of promotion. Wink. Um, it's not dissimilar from the current state of podcasts. Like, mm. I listen to a podcast, I get two commercials, and then the host may introduce me to a product or item or website who is a direct sponsor. That's true, yeah. I, yeah. Um, a podcast that I was listening to recently, The Friendship Onion, I think the hosts, the hosts were Dominic Monaghan and Billy Boyd, not just mm-hmm. random hosts, they're quite famous. <laughs> um, uh, do all the commercials themselves, old-fashioned style. Yes. Which is kind of old-fashioned style. Oh, I'm tired today, Riverdale gang. Um, like this. Yeah, like this. Like where this. they just read them live, mm-hmm. which I think is great. And they're famous and cool, so that's like a bonus perk. Yeah. To get, get your commercial read by the Hobbits. Totally. <laughs> I assumed you knew. No, no. She is still a child. Regardless of what we do next, she is still just a kid. Yeah. Who doesn't doesn't know what's happening and whose parents don't talk to her uh rayberry a uh, grown-up stood up for you jughead how unfortunate that that's over yeah he's oh man he told that this guy his so good. Holy cow. his dad's story last episode didn't he he said dad I, took off to toledo i think so yeah we never get yeah i don't know we don't get much more than that i don't think mm-hmm I wonder if we'll see FP before the before the show is done. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It'd be nice to get nice to see him for a cameo or an episode. Some of the adults don't seem to be back, you know, like um Yeah. yeah. They've pruned Veronica's parents and Jughead's parents all seem to be gone. They've pruned real hard. Um I love that the napkins are made up just in case. <laughs> I went to a wonderful um gallery exhibition of Hopper's work in New York when I was mm. 17. I One of the huge museums or galleries had it. And it was just, oh, it really is magical stuff. This, these quiet, thoughtful little snapshots of the era mm. that he painted. It's a nice reference they put in here. I'm, I'm fond of picking out what artists they, they state by name and what artists they state by rhyming parody. Yeah, you know that's true. There's yeah, different roles. Ugh, this is a weighty and heavy conversation. Wait, am I getting? Yeah, this is this is tough. This is this is this is uncomfortable for everyone. Yeah, this is sad. This is a sad, sad moment. This is something that 
an elderly Kevin will look back on mm-hmm. with complicated feelings. Mm-hmm. This is this is one of those telling it to your therapist stories or like telling it to your friends and realizing, oh, I should be telling it to my therapist when no one laughs. Yeah. Kind of kind of horrible moments. Um they leave it open for Sheriff Keller to be a decent human being. There is a way for homophobic, biased, old men stuck in their ways to not be awful. He has the option to grow. <laughs> yeah. I'm not hopeful, but I note they haven't put him into a dead end yet. Got this mustache on Uncle Frank. It's so ridiculous. It's so much. <laughs> Everything about Frank's manliness. His, um, his really, really, um, him and, him and Keller, I noticed in particular, have this, like, I'm thinking heavy facial expressions, repressed masculinity thing they're doing. Yeah, that's true. It's like, it's a layer performance, but it's also a layer of, like, figuring out what the mask is supposed to be as you go. Yeah. Of, of playing at being a man. I, I wonder if this... I just know who this artist is, and I'm remembering the name wrong. Mm. I wonder if that's not if, his actual name. Edward Hopper. I is think it, it is. is it no, Dennis true? Hopper's the actor. Thank um, you, thank you, yeah. Hmm. I'll, but, um, I'll Google it, and we'll know for next week. I like that this is also a world where parents are just straight up not going to notice that painting missing for years. Well, potentially. I mean, <laughs> it's possible that... Um, they will notice, and that's the plot point, but... It'll take know. us somewhere. Well, hey, now you own, you, you own the Babylonium now, I guess. Just like you wanted. Uh, yeah. Because that's definitely her parents' painting. <laughs> but why isn't he still running it? This, I, the, it's the only mm. flaw in this plot is that Veronica owns it now. It just doesn't seem like it's in keeping with the rest of the stuff that we've seen her character do in this season. It feels very early Riverdale. Suddenly, this yes. teenager is a business owner. Yes. Owner. An owner. An I, owner. I feel like that is its own choice to to give us this old this this classic Riverdale loop. Yeah. I think it's self-referential. Veronica ends up taking over business. Um, and it's ever so slightly less ridiculous to me here than it was in the past, where she's taking over a speakeasy and 17-year-old running a bar mm-hmm. um something about stumbling into this movie theater uh feels more more realistic yeah and it's realistic yeah and here's this moment where they're like what why is everything terrible it's messed up uh, this episode gave me moments uh we chatted about the possible musical episode that we expect to get hope to get um, I'm betting on Spring Awakening. Interesting. It could be so, Hairspray, but we've okay. spent a lot of that territory already. Yeah. We've been in Hairspray. So I do remember from a mid-Riverdale episode, like mid of all the Riverdale uh, seasons we've gotten, mm-hmm. an uh, interview with the cast uh, who really wanted to do Sweeney Todd. Oh. And now that we have Murders back, I wonder if they're finally going to get their wish. Interesting. I don't know if that's still true. I don't know if that's something those actors still want. They were, you know. So Sweeney Todd. Everyone grows. Who yeah, knows? It wasn't written yet. 
Well, no. So if if we do Sweeney Todd, oh, it'll yes. be a non-diagenic. Same as Spring Awakening would be. That's right. Would be we're in musical world, not we're doing a musical. Well, unless it's some sort of weird Back to the Future episode where we're getting the murders of past and past and future. <laughs> I don't know. That might be a stretch even for Riverdale. I like Betty's power move here. I thought she was just going to dance with Archie. I thought that was going to be the power move. Um, showing her panties is uh, fun. Mm-hmm. Going full, like... Great dress on her, by the way. Full Elvis, I want to say. Oh. In her attack. <laughs> That's true. Is, is pretty fabulous. Full early Elvis before he got sanitized. Mm-hmm. And they could only film him from the waist up. Yeah. <laughs> full Marilyn, maybe. Yeah. Archie's, Archie's like... shocked face. Even Veronica. Cheryl, you're very <laughs> unsupportive in this episode. You can see a little belly button on... Uh... Mm-hmm. And red underwear. She's wearing red underwear. <laughs> she looks so, so pleased. pleased with herself. <laughs> Everyone saw my panties. Oh, man. Mm. Good I, underwear, too. I'd wear those. <laughs> I love the, the, the gumption on Betty this episode. She's like, oh, this is wrong. I'm going to just break it. Yeah. Just just a lovely, chill confidence. And just, yeah, I love how Betty chooses to face um, face the repression being pushed upon her here. It's, um, she's not messing around. And she's not, she's not taking any time to figure it out. She's just standing up to it. It's great. Yeah, it is great. It doesn't need to dissect this to know it's wrong. This is a great set, by the way. Ugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mang? You rang. You meh. I'm having trouble over here this morning. You mang. I love how Smithers is like, I'm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, it's just so on Veronica's side here. It's very cute. Mm-hmm. He's always been her supporter. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't have parents. Yeah. But she's got a Smithers. Yeah. I wonder if Smithers Smithers presumably came with her. Smithers wasn't mining the empty apartment, probably. Right? Well, he might have been responsible <laughs> for making sure no one broke in. Eh. That sort of thing. That was sort of what we got in the first season. I don't know if it's true here. I love how many season one episodes or references there are in this season because it's kind of like the other <laughs> seasons just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. 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 It's 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 a weird parallel version of itself. Yeah. Um, which is which is beautiful in the constant reinvention of the same story way. I'll read the same I'll read oh, the, the love, same romance story a dozen times. I love different the ways. detail with their the way their books are bound. Also that scene mm, was very sweet between Archie le- and the boys. Yeah. That leather strap? Yeah. Le- book strap. Yeah. Book strap. This. Yes. Archie's strategy for being supportive is lovely. I also love Betty's. I, I I wasn't expecting this choice for this character, and I think it's fun mm-hmm. to, to confidently be the the fast girl at school without apologies. Yeah, I I wasn't expecting that, but it's a fun choice. And uh, womp womp, there it goes. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Cooper, might I have a word? And it all goes wrong. Yes, your mother did call you. Her life. mother's calling the principal. Now, the school counselor, I guess. Yeah. 
this trash man worthers. He needs yeah. a girl with a mind and desires of her own. It's very it's concerning, very isn't concerning. it? very concerning. Betty's nicely ahead of her time meta. Yeah. Commenting. I do believe that this happened in the 50s, but I don't think it was common. Yeah, the the level, the, the weight and confidence that Betty gets to have here is is lovely. Tortured. Wow. I wonder if she's uh, going to end up in, in the Sisters of Quiet Mercy yeah, again. That's probably where it's going. Yeah. I mean, it went well for her last time. She, like, raised the cult. Oh, yeah. She she rallied the cult to her to her loyal following, and... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I remember how exasperated the character looked. I remember that being our threshold of, of Ridiculous Bull. Being, okay, I'm the Goblin Queen. Yeah. Should have been Ethel. Ethel should have been the Goblin Queen. Do we recognize this... This nope. milkman, this bloody awful milkman. Bye, Bradbury. Radbury. Rabbury. Rabbury. Herbrary. Bradbury. I can't even keep them straight. Bradbury. Bye, uh, Radbury. That was a nice little chunk of Riverdale. It was. Yeah. Again, with this season, I feel like we've just been getting episodes that we enjoy, you know? Mm-hmm. A nice, um... They're getting better and better at showing homophobia without being tra- traumatic and triggering about it. It's a long, slow process to show yeah. um, societal violence in a way that is not re-traumatizing, not just spectacle. Yeah. Um, I thought we spent a lot of time and energy with the the individual people's confusion as to why the heck these rules exist. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. For, I'm I'm comfortable. So, yeah. Ready for more. Yeah, I am too. Till next week, Riverdale Gang. All right. Take care. Bye for now. Bye.